0: <laughs> eh, eh, eh. Nice, nice. Is that your? Fr- How many jerseys do you have? Uh, four. Ooh. yeah, four. I- five, five by the end of the year. That'll be great. Oh,
1: okay.
2: Yeah, talking shit, Tim. talk talking shit. Doubtful, highly doubtful.
0: Dude, as as long as I keep up, at least five a week, which is another five this week. Nah, you
2: didn't actually. Look, look down at the I math. Did. You got four.
0: Which, which one did I not get?
2: Well, I don't know. We'll get to it, Tim.
0: As long as I nail at least five a week, because nah. uh, five, five's your peak. You'll. Okay, Tim, <laughs> okay.
2: Are we ready to get into this here? As you can see, I am ready to go. I got my color rush uniform on. <sighs> mm-hmm. Let's go
1: over Looks great. You're your colorful. It hurts It
2: hurts my
0: eyeballs. I'm going to so. be wearing this Let's shit go.
2: all night. I only wear it once a year on Thursday Night Football. And, you know, the Seahawks are 9-1 when they wear this uniform, so. No, they're undefeated, mm-hmm. actually. Sorry. They're 9-1 on Thursday night football games underneath Russell Wilson, and they are 4-0 in this damn uniform. Soon to be 5-0. Let's get into it, Tim. Season 2, episode 26, Stats of Matter. NFL Week 4 is in the books. We get it. You got five picks, right? Uh, and we're going to make some mm-hmm. Week 5 mm-hmm. predictions mm-hmm. coming up. They're under the gun because we got Thursday night football coming up a little bit later here for those folks who don't know how uh, production magic works. We're going to end the episode. Just give a little shout out to those Boston Red Sox. Absolutely handling business. A couple nights ago. Appreciate it. In our cups this week. It's a Hellas Lager from Washington, D.C. and an IPA from Brooklyn, New York. Glad to see you've left the state of Connecticut for your beers, Tim. Follow us on Instagram <laughs> at Stats and on Twitter, Stats Podcast. Find a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, Google, Ask Alexa. Apple Music. We're not on yet, but you know, no one really is. So it's not really that big of a deal.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Let's get into the show, Tim. Let's go. Would you like me to do the honors
0: tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All go right. ahead. I mean, you, we, we, we tied in picks, so I feel like this is a cause for celebration for you, so let's go. Yeah,
2: yeah. We'll, I mean, we'll get into it a little <laughs> bit later on, but Tim... Uh, it's been it's been quite a good football week. Season has been pretty good. Fantasy teams are going pretty good. Thursday night football, Hawks, Rams. I'm wearing the Color Rush jersey. It's my 12 fan jersey. Uh, a nice little tidbit about this thing. I was in Arizona a couple times for some military schools. There happens to be a Seahawks bar called Fibber McGee's. It's an Irish pub out in uh, you know, Ch- the Chandler area, I believe. Chandler, Arizona. And went there. Just a whole bunch of Hawks fans, just nerding out in, in Arizona, which is great because obviously everyone's Cardinals fans. And they had a jersey raffle going away. I got it, uh, one of those little raffle tickets, and I got this jersey. And I got that shit in 2018, and I've never watched this jersey, and I only wear it once a year, so it doesn't really doesn't really bother me. But
1: mm-hmm. really mm-hmm.
2: excited about it. Going to get into this here. Uh, the only thing that's greener than this jersey that I'm wearing is probably these rolling green fields you got right here. Okay. On the can, it's called Small Conversations. Hell's Lager with 100% local malt, brewed exclusively with Murphy and Rude malt from Charlottesville, Virginia. Now, if you know anything about Blue Jacket Brewing Company uh, out of DC, they're the brainchild of one Greg Engert, um, director of the Neighborhood Restaurant Group, responsible for it. all of the fantastic uh, libations, beer wise, that uh, are in the Capital Region. Just fantastic. Uh, they're a really good brewery too. They have a, a brewery in Navy Yard. Uh, obviously called blue jacket i like a lot of what they do they do a lot mm-hmm. they don't just make stouts they make lagers pilsners their ipas are pretty freaking good though first time i ever heard about blue jacket was i read uh, an article in outdoor magazine and it said these are the 10 ipas you need to try right now and of course you had heady topper on there and you know hill farm said but then there was this this beer from blue jacket called lost weekend it said this citra ipa is out of this world. You need to go get it. And I was like, well, it's down the road. Sure. Whatever. I'll go try it out. I don't, I don't take beer recommendations from Outdoor Magazine. You know what I mean? But I just thought, all right, clickbait. Sure, we'll try it. Uh pours a nice, very nice golden yellow hue. Nice good head retention. Smells nice and grainy. Just like you were saying, it definitely smells like one of those breweries.
1: Like when you walk in, you can tell, like you know, there's yeah. like some malting going on. Yep. Yep. A little upset I only have one of these, but uh, <laughs> 5.2%.
2: I mean, this is this is an eminently drinkable beer. Very nice, crisp, cool, calm, mm-hmm. collected. What are all those Lady Gaga things? Stupendous, amazing, fantastic, unbelievable, right? All those things. It's, it's a one. It's, it's really good. I feel like Hell's Lager is one of those uh, beer styles you probably don't pay a lot of attention to because you don't know the difference between Hell's Lager or a Pale Lager or a Rice Lager. This is pretty good, man. You're missing out because you're not getting this.
0: (laughs) I actually looked for a a lager this week. So um, I kind of took a little interesting take on uh, on my approach over the next maybe, even maybe over the next few weeks. But um, as everybody knows, a lot of these big whale uh, breweries have started distributing uh, to places all over the country, especially up here in the Northeast. And people are going to start clamoring for a lot of those. So what I thought I might do, is take a little time to find some of those that you might find locally now and uh, give those a shot just so you kind of know what to, uh, what to expect when you get some of those. So um, this week I have another half, 11-pounder. Uh, it's a double dry hopped IPA. It only comes in at about 5.8%. So um, in terms of most of their ABVs, they tend to be doubles and Imperials and triples and all that good stuff. This one is uh, relatively mild. I went up to uh, Boston this last weekend for a little surprise anniversary weekend away for my wife. Ooh, Happy anniversary! Uh, happy anniversary! Yeah, yeah. Thanks it's in a...
2: Isn't it? Isn't it uh, wild that both of our anniversaries occur on the same time?
0: Yeah, yeah. So ours is ours is uh, a few weeks away, but I I had this like art exhibit I wanted to surprise my wife with. Um, that I booked back in June. It's like this interactive Van Gogh experience where it's oh, yeah. animated and digital. It's, did you go, it looked amazing. Did you go uh, I got canceled. Oh, No, I got canceled. Ah. Uh, COVID uh, caused some shipping-related issues, so they had to postpone it two days, uh, and we could not shift our schedule a, around to uh, be up there for it, unfortunately. So we ended up just having a nice little uh, make-it-up-as-you-go weekend uh, until my son's principal called and uh, informed us that he was being removed from school for close contact COVID oh,
1: positive. At least, so. at least it was like,
2: did you feel like a little bit of relief? You're like close contact COVID instead of like, Mr. Gronin, your son punched another student in the stomach or in the face.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, or, you know, any, any million things were. So I actually, I had like Trillium on my to-do list and it kind of sort of shifted everything around. But I did have some Tilted Barn. I found that on Draft up in Massachusetts, which... Uh, is surprising because that is not one they typically have on draft anywhere. Um, that I've seen at least not down here, so that was pretty cool. But anyway, um, back to this beer 11
1: pounder. <clears throat> yep, 11 pounder. It is, you know, typical other half, hazy yeah. other half, it smells great. Hmm.
0: So that one, it's it's based off of the smell. It's not what I was expecting. And at first, you take a sip, and it's like a very muted sort of uh, mild taste. Almost tastes like a watered down IPA. And then as it sort of warms on your on your palate a little bit, boom! Out comes these big sort of candied flavors. It's it's like got this subtly sweet sort of flavor to it. I mean, other other half generally puts out pretty solid beers. Uh, you know, some of it is that they all kind of taste the same. It's some of the big complaints. This one, this one is uh, this is that for for just a regular double dry hopped IPA. This one is is really solid. It uh, I get almost like no bitterness to it. Like it's got a little bit of uh, like a little bit of sort of a grapefruit sort of tail end finish to it um but it has some sweet citrus like like an orange skittle kind of flavor mm. to it not not quite to that same level or that same same sweetness but it's it's heading in that direction before it all kind of dissipates a little bit so really really nice i actually like that quite a bit um i'm going to give that one a a four two. Ooh. A four two. Yeah, that one is that one is uh very drinkable and it's light. Like it feels light. It feels it has the same sort of mouthfeel of uh like a dark lager or something like that where it's not you know, the gravity of the beer isn't super, super high. So it, it is very, very drinkable. It is something that and, and I hate that description, drinkable, crushable. I don't think people use them anymore, but I mean I just uh, I did hate,
2: like three minutes ago and discussing my beer yeah, but, I
0: mean, like in, in, in general i think it's not it, it got overused so much but it is something that's very uh like i could sit and probably crush a four pack of this without realizing it and you know at 5.8 you're not gonna feel it the same as you would a lot of their like five point i mean eight point mm-hmm. and up beers um uh, so yeah that is uh among my favorite from other half so if you see it that uh I can't quite tell what's on this can because it almost looks like uh, a pillow or like a burlap sack. I wonder if it's maybe like a a hot bag or like a grain bag or something like that. But if you see it, snag it. It's very, very good. The picture will be on our uh, on our Instagram later tonight.
1: Oh yeah,
2: let's get into these games. That's been what we are in our going cups. to. Uh,
0: we are we are going to rapid fire <laughs> through these. By the way, yeah, so. Yeah we if 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 you're not uh, buckled in get your rewind button ready because we are just going to bang these things out and thanks for, mm-hmm. for
2: joining
0: mm-hmm. this
2: episode of disaster podcast we hope you <laughs> yeah. oh man this reminds me of like you know back in the day you used to hear those um those contests on the on the radio stations where they mash up like eight different songs and you had to guess oh, which yeah. one of the songs like was the third one or whatever and you get like a, f- a four pack of tickets and i don't know maybe it's just small yeah. town maine where you're just like i got to get in on this radio station
0: uh, shout out to or, or or even worse the uh uh the legal disclaimers at the end oh yeah where they just rifle off like all the legal jargon but they do it in like 10 seconds or less no purchase
2: that's right <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: yeah anyway moving on correct same Let's some go. of the same
2: things apply to this podcast void voidware prohibited no purchase required <laughs> all right thursday night football jacks Cincinnati, I said, hashtag, let Joey roar. That's what happened. A battle of the two number one picks. James Robinson for the Jaguars finally got going. And a whole bunch of crazy shit happened to Urban Meyer after this game because he, A, didn't follow the team back to Florida. He stayed with his family in Ohio. And there was a video of a young lady attempting to lap dance on him. And, you know, he trended on Twitter this weekend. I, I don't know. The Jags got a lot going on. James Robinson is back involved. My fantasy team thanks him for that. Way to go. I got to say, though, it looked great, and I think this is probably why the Bengals drafted Joe Burrow. He's statuesque in the pocket. He can move around a little bit, and when he needed to dink and dunk, he did, and when he needed to find big, big gains down the field, he did. Uh, There were a couple touchdowns to CJ Uzama, which, again, seems like a trend because we keep talking about this dude, Um, Tyler Boyd. Reception after reception after reception. They were just moving up and down the field at will. That being said, to see the Jags actually come out and get something going lets me know they're going to win a game here pretty soon. Uh, they got yeah. they got some tough games coming up. But they kept this game into Rosante. I liked how close it was. It was a very, very good Thursday night football game. Uh, and then just hearing Burrow uh, in the post-game interviews was was pretty great as well.
1: Hmm.
2: Start off the week right. with a dub.
0: <laughs> mm. Uh, I started off one with an L and that a L. surprising L at that. Um, and I guess, I mean, I guess I can't be, I can't be too mad at it. I had Tennessee. I had the Jets. Zach Wilson decided out of nowhere to begin looking like a legit quarterback. Uh, he had a TD, 297 yards and went down in OT and won the game on a pretty impressive drive. In OT. Uh, yeah. That was insane. Um, you, you you couple that with an atrocious front line for the Titans who have struggled with pass protection. They allowed seven sacks, which makes uh, six or more twice in the last four games, and you're asking for a big loss. The Titans, they were out. Two of their star receivers, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, were out. So you're basically putting it on the backs of Tannehill and Henry, but too many sacks on third downs uh, that killed promising drives and, and not enough weapons. Jets ended up landing the upset. You knew it was coming at some point. Uh, Did it always makes the division a little bit more interesting when when they're involved, even though uh, not not necessarily involved in a a playoff capacity, but in an upset capacity. So um, good for Zach. Hopefully, kind of figuring it out. We'll see what happens going forward. It
2: it was it was pretty great, fantastic. All right, Kansas City, Philadelphia. I said, look, this is going to be KC, and I didn't think Philly was going to be close. To be honest, the final score made it look a little bit closer than it really was. Um, Mahomes now tosses no look touchdowns underhand like a dodgeball. I don't know how he does it. I really don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like there's a section of practice that goes on with the Chiefs that no one is allowed to be at no media members, no cameras, no nothing because this dude just takes a football in his hand and just like salt bays it. You know, he just does whatever he wants. Um, this was the Tyreek Hill game to end all Tyreek Hill games. If you had him on your fantasy, He got you like Mm -hmm. 40 or 50 points. And if you faced him, there's no way you won this week. It's just not possible. That dude put up 40 50 points in fantasy by himself. Long touchdowns, short touchdowns. But let me tell you, one thing I did not see was the fight. This is the fight that Philly actually had to kind of get back into it. Getting the tight ends involved with Zach Ertz, um, Dallas Goddard. The the run game wasn't doing anything. And Philly was like, "Ah, okay, let's air it out. And you're like, you want to do it with him? Okay. We'll see how this works. <laughs> and I, I got to be honest. I don't really have a lot of faith in Sirianni. But I think what he's doing right now is he's, he's allowed Hurts the keys to the engine. Uh, and he's like, just put it in drive and just do what you got to do with it. Um, and that's got to be good for confidence building in a young quarterback when you say, this dude's an MVP and a serial MVP. Just go ahead and sling it. Right, let our guys downfield go go make you know plays after the catch and You know, our defense will do what they can to limit it because you're playing against the Chiefs, Um, and they did. They kept Travis Kelsey rather contained, but they decided, all right, Travis Kelsey's not going to beat us. So Tyreek Hill just gassed them again and again and again. Um, It was a very, very good get-right game for the Chiefs for sure. Um, I liked the fight that I saw from the Eagles, though, and I think going forward,
1: it's
2: going to get a little finicky here as we get deep in these division games later on.
0: All right, uh, <clears throat> Carolina-Dallas. Uh, shout out to Adam Pomelo and Dan Dupuy. This one's going to pain me a little bit, but much to my dismay, this may be <laughs> the year of the Cowboys. Oh! <laughs> uh, Dax slinging the ball all over the field. Vintage Ezekiel Elliott makes it for a really, really difficult, potent one-two punch, proving that you know if those guys are firing, they are a point-scoring machine. Uh, couple that up with uh, Trayvon Diggs on the other side of the ball. He's turning into a defensive nightmare. Uh, He had two interceptions. He's had five in the first four games. Uh, Panthers, they did finally lose their first game of the season, but this may have been a little bit of an eye-opener. A lot of people probably saw this one coming. They got off to a great start, but they had an incredibly weak schedule. Uh, This was one of the first real teams that they faced, and Sam Darnold Towards the you know second half, ended up falling back into some of his old ways. He gave up uh, three interceptions for a team whose defense ranks at the top of the list in, in run defense. They didn't stop a whole lot this weekend, and unfortunately, they seem to be sort of regressing back to the mean. So, I think Carolina's uh, you know days at the top of that division uh, you know are numbered, and I think the the run defense might be a little overvalued based off of what they were going up against. So. You should start to see that all, you know, come crashing back down to earth as their schedule, you know, gets a little bit more difficult going forward.
2: Giant Saints. I said, sorry, Craig, but I just don't see it. I think that the Saints are going to win this. <laughs> the Saints lost in OT. <laughs> I, I mean, we were watching the game on Sunday. Craig was over. We were drinking keg beer. You know, we, we were having some, uh, having some slices of pizza and everything, and I was just sort of like, what the hell is going on? Danny Dines is, is actually slinging it. All of, he's running. Saquon's got a touchdown. And then in OT, man, the Saints tried. They really tried. They got, they got the, the, the forced fumble off Saquon and Kyle Rudolph. Hadn't caught shit for them mostly all year. He caught that ball when it bounced out and they protected it. They ended up punching it in. Oh man, it was great. I don't, I don't think this game says a lot about the the Giants specifically. We know what their limitations are as a team. I think this was a game where we actually kind of look into Pandora's box with the New Orleans Saints, and we realize, okay, there might be some limitations with what this, this guy Jameis can do or, or taste him because there, there were some bad, bad throws in this game and some, some questionable play calls. And that defense is going to be good, but I think they sort of maybe assumed that the offense would be able to carry them a little bit more than they're doing right now. They should have won this game handily. Uh, the Giants' defense is nothing necessarily to write home about. I mean, they did keep scoring. It did go to overtime. That, that alone should tell you that there needed to be enough there for a little bit tightening of the reins. So I got this one wrong. Shout-out to the Giants getting the dub in OT, really keeping things interesting.
0: Mm. Uh, Cleveland, Minnesota. Uh, this one had a good old-school feel to it. Cleveland ran the ball 38 times. They only connected on 15 passes. Baker still doesn't look 100% out there. Despite his lack of a production, the the defense did put up quite an effort that held Kirk Cousins to just one touchdown that came on the opening drive. While the offense is working out some of its kinks, the defense is starting to kind of creep up the list in terms of defensive teamwork uh, and a team worth watching. So uh, Browns ended up taking this one, 14-7. Baker's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Hopefully he needs to get himself righted. Uh, You know, they're a team that needs to put up points because their defense sometimes allows a lot of points. Uh, And until Baker is capable of, uh, you know, putting up their own, 14 points is not going to get you through a lot of the teams they're about to face. Uh, Got this pick right. Browns took this one, barely. Uh, But another W. If you got to
2: win ugly, you got to win ugly, right? That is is what it is. All right. I said that the Lions were going to beat the Chicago Bears. That did not happen. Uh, They lost by seven points. Um, They just at one point, the Lions just decided like, "Ah, we're just going to continue to go for it. We're not going to kick field goals. We're not going to do any of that stuff. We're just going to keep going for it. Like Dan Campbell is aggressive, massively aggressive. I think that is a good attitude change.
0: Be, Be aggressive. God
2: damn it, Tim. That's what you said last week when I did that. But okay. Now it's great when you do it. Um, Jared Goff, 299 yards. Two TDs. Zero picks. A nice, efficient week. Um, David Montgomery for the Bears. Buck 06 on the ground.
1: Two touchdowns.
2: Sprained MCO. Poof. Just like that. Uh, Justin Fields. 17 total passes. 200 yards and a pick. Didn't really look great. All things considered, Allen Robinson has disappeared from the offensive uh, minds in Chicago. I don't know what's going on. Daryl Mooney is now coming to the forefront. He has a great connection with Justin Fields, and now Justin Fields is the quarterback going forward for the rest of the season. Finally, Matt Nagy, thank you. Um, I I do got to say, at no point in this game did it ever really feel like the Bears weren't going to win. Uh, and, and for these division games, that's tough because you – You want to keep going back, right? But the Bears shouldn't have won this game. One for eight on third down. Like this is terrible. Like, how are you supposed to win a game if you can't convert a third down? You just you get these long behind the defense passes or you get these, these, these chunk plays. Like, great, you won this game, but David Montgomery, your starting running back, is is benched for the next five weeks because he's going to be trying to rehab from this knee issue. Like there are moral victories and then there are head scratching victories where you go, What the fuck were you thinking? I'm thinking this is more of one of those latter types of victories. I, I mean, even if you had split the series of the lines, it wouldn't have been a big deal, anyways. Um, so I don't think that this says a lot necessarily about Detroit. I do think it says something going forward about Chicago. Hmm.
0: <laughs> uh Houston and Buffalo. I picked Buffalo just because I thought they have been playing well. Uh oh, that's and what you yikes. Picked them. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Without Tyrod Taylor on the field, the Texans look even worse than they did than they normally would. Um, I feel for Davis Miles, and uh, I'm going to need you to raise your hand if you had heard that name before. I just said it because I did not. He was a third-round pick. Um, my hand was definitely down. Uh, he did not have a, a, a great game. He was out there doing his best to outdo uh, Aaron Rodgers' Game 1 impressions with a total of 87 yards four interceptions, and a fumble. Still a higher QBR rating than Aaron Rodgers had uh, in that first game, which is mind-blowing. Um, not all his fault, though. Just to add him to a long list of rookie quarterbacks who were thrown into the mix too early because of either poor coaching decisions, injuries. I'm looking at, at, at some of those other teams out there that have started day one, uh, day one guys. The Bills' schedule has looked somewhat suspect, though, through the first four games, so it's tough to say where they really stack up against the rest of the league. I think we're going to see some of that, you know, regression at some point later as their opponents get, you know, more difficult as the season goes on, but they are looking really good. Allen out doing some Allen things though, two touchdowns, but he paired that with two interceptions and a fumble, but it's okay. Houston did not know that they were there to uh, play a football (laughs) game this weekend and uh, lost 40 to zero. Oh, no points. None. None. Uh, And I took the, the, big W in this one.
2: Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. Uh, Colts, Dolphins. I picked the Colts. Man. Carson Wentz has these types of games, right, where he looks like he's got some things figured out. 32 pass attempts, a couple hundred passing yards, two TDs to the tight end, Mo Cox. The running game gets going. The defense is doing okay. I mean, come on. They weren't going to let Jacoby Brissett beat them. And he tried. But, Tim, there is an epidemic going on right now of quarterbacks throwing 40 times almost and only passing for 300 yards now i cannot throw a football very great i just i'm just gonna be honest with you about that i would think if you threw it 30 times and you only had a buck 99 yards or 220 yards you gotta you gotta mess with the play con a little bit you gotta get some 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 intermediate and some larger throws in there because that's just not good that's just a lot of dinking and dunking and While that might win these games, that's not really what fans, I think, want to see, especially even if you get a couple of TDs off that. So, uh, Jonathan Taylor, thank you. Appreciate your service. The defense did what they needed to do. Uh, But these teams are both one and three now. I mean, there is a lot to unpack about how bad these teams are in their respective divisions. And someone needed to rise up out of the ashes, and the Colts
1: did it this time. (laughs)
0: All right. Washington, Atlanta. Uh, I took an L on this one. Um, But Washington has kind of been up and down. But I have to wonder, uh, are the Falcons the best one and three team we've had in a while? Uh, Cordell Patterson, he was a monster. He had three touchdowns. One of those came off a 42 yard reception. Matt Ryan looked good as well. In fact, they led uh, by eight in the fourth quarter, like late in the game. But miscues continue to hot Atlanta and they yet again drop another close one um they have to face the Jets in, uh on their their next game they have a bye week shortly after so you hope that this gets everyone time to kind of recenter find themselves a little bit come out and actually you know make some of these close games you know wins going forward uh Taylor Heineke, though he was not. Uh, who's not to be outdone by any one veteran, Matt Ryan, came out, marched down the field twice for touchdowns late in the game and ended up taking it 34-30. So um, Taylor, another rookie, maybe finding his sort of groove, getting himself in sync with a lot of his guys, but I feel bad for Ryan. Ryan and Wentz, two guys who go out, they tend to play decent games and they just can't close them out. I don't know if that's play calling, if that's – uh Deficiency somewhere on the offensive or defensive side, but it's heartbreaking every week to see those guys end up in the L, uh, the, the loss column uh, with some of the numbers that they're still putting up.
2: It is, it is, it is pretty wild. <clears throat> Moving into the 4 o'clock games now on Sunday, uh, Cards-Rams, I said Rams. Because, you know, we're, we're all victims of causality. And what had happened previously was cause and effect, right? The Rams manhandled the Super Bowl champion, so
1: I'm thinking they're going to handle the Cardinals. They got thrashed
2: 37 to 20. The Cardinals
1: use this game
2: to firmly say Kyler is an MVP candidate. Stop saying Cliff can't coach this team. And by the way, we might've had holes in our defense before and our offense, but we don't have that anymore. So get ready. Uh, It's not a full blown coronation tour, but I was shocked. I thought this game was gonna be a lot closer than it was. Um, especially for, you know, Kyler. I mean, he's so electric when he decides to run around and uh, keep plays alive, and he did that a lot in this game, and that's got to be frustrating for the Rams because this is a team in your division. You should know how to kind of get a stamp on this dude. You sacked him three times. You don't sack the opposing quarterback at all. Yet, Arizona compiled 465 yards. At some point, any, good, any defense, no matter how good it is, is going to feel beat down by that. Eight for 13 on third down, almost automatic. Kyler just continued to keep it going. Uh, I said earlier the Rams terrified me because of Matt Stafford and them being finally like having a competent quarterback. He finally threw a pick. He came back down to earth a little bit. He does not come back down to earth. Kyler freaking Murray. That's not okay. I'm very scared by that. Um, at no point in this game beyond the first quarter did I really think that the Rams had a shot at winning this game. And I just kind of kept checking back in and watching, you know, clips of the game and just going. Fuck. Could you, like, fumble here? Could you, like, throw a pick or something? You know what I mean? Like, and it didn't happen. Daryl Henderson had those ribs injured. He came back in. Not a big deal. Just kept going. Teams are going to have to find a way to stop Kyler. And I don't think now, in the first third of the season quarters in San Fran Uh, it's terrifying
0: Uh, this one is actually a lot closer than uh, I was expecting the Seahawks have some big questions on both sides of the ball but right now the defensive side of things is looking a little sus Uh, in a game where they had some vintage plays by Russell it was a lot closer than it should have been with Jimmy G playing injured on top of playing with some major inconsistencies Trey Lance came in to pitch relief and tosses the ball 18 times for two touchdowns and 157 yards. Yeah. Lit him up yeah. uh, Not good. Bob. coming in. Not good. Uh, the Niners, they have their own struggles r- that they need to worry about right now. The big question's going to be at the quarterback position. Jimmy going down again uh, with another injury. He's expected to miss a few weeks. The young gun comes in. Trey Lance ends up stepping up and he learns quickly and starts to shine. We may not see him get rushed back at all when he does come back. So Lance is a ground threat. Uh, Jimmy G is to an extent, but because he's somewhat injury prone, you kind of hold your breath every time that happens. Um, I think this one could make uh, for a pretty ugly scenario a few weeks from now uh, when Jimmy G tries to come back based off of how well Trey Lance performs over the next uh, over the next few weeks.
2: Um, I will just say shortly here. <clears throat> uh, fucking mm-hmm. terrifying to see uh, old boy come on the field and just drop twenty-one points unanswered. You know what I'm saying? It was not good. Not good, Bob. Uh yeah. not good. <clears throat> okay. I
0: I dropped. Uh, I did just drop uh, Seattle's defense on two of my teams. Well, so. you know,
2: you'll you'll, you'll you'll be missing out because they're they're going to get it around. Uh, okay, Pitt, Green Bay. Tim, did you see the Jeff? from the game this weekend where Aaron Rodgers attempted to catch the Steelers defense with too many men on the field. So he get his free play and Tomlin called a timeout. So he couldn't do it. And then there was a little like, "Uh, oh, oh, almost got you between the head coach and the quarterback. Big Ben, uh, I, I have not, Big ben I have looks terrible. I'm going to throw I'm going to throw some hot, hot, hot garbage out there as a take. Big Ben should retire this season
1: at the end. Mm. And uh,
2: the Pittsburgh Steelers should just go ahead and
1: call one Aaron Rodgers and just say, what do you want? How much will it cost? Would you like X, Y, and Z things to come lead our team? And the Pittsburgh Steelers would
2: win a Super Bowl easily. Uh, This game was crazy. Rodgers had a rushing touchdown. He had a passing touchdown, too. He's looking like he's getting some things back together. Pitt. Tried to stay in this game for as long as they could i I think Pitt has a very, very tough schedule coming up, um, mm-hmm. and just even the, the division games are going to be tougher anyways because just because of the quarterbacks they have in the, in the division they need to face. The only thing I'm worried about in this game is that Aaron Jones kind of came out a little a little banged up that's it that's the only thing i'm worried about. Green Bay i don't think for a second was worried about losing that game. They were in complete control the entire game um and now they just got Jalen Smith from the Cowboys for next to nothing uh, because the Cowboys decided to release him. So uh, their defense is going to get a little bit better, and that is not good uh, for teams that are going to face the Packers. But I, I, I do think we got to state here that whether you
1: believe
2: in the, the Steelers' ability to turn things around, it is time, I believe, to hit the panic button a little bit in Pittsburgh. The defense should be doing better. The offense certainly has enough stars to do better, but everyone's disjointed right now. Either the wide receivers go off, or the running back goes off. There, there have been some really bad moments this year. Like, did you see the GIF of uh, of Roethlisberger throwing the football and then falling? Would like no, no. like no. no one was even close to him. He threw it and he just fell down. And I don't know. Uh, if it's like his momentum, like carrying him. But there, I just I feel bad. I feel bad. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a fantastic team. I wonder if there's something going on behind the scenes with Ben. I wonder if there's some injury there. Um, But I hope it kind of keeps up because I'm going to Seattle, uh, Pittsburgh next weekend. So, you know, we'll see see what happens here. But welcome back, Green Bay, to playing down to your opponents, which is something that, you know, they haven't done in a little bit of time.
0: Yeah. Uh, All right. So I got the big one. Uh, Tampa Bay. No, no. Uh, oh no 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 no! We'll no, get no. it. Don't you Keeping worry on. about that. Yeah, we're we're working on that. We're working on that. Um, Baltimore, Denver. Uh, I had uh, Denver as the upset pick in this one, and that that that's not how that went down. Uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I thought this might be a game where they can uh, you know turn around, figure this out. Unfortunately, Teddy Bridgewater came into the game uh, with a concussion, so they sort of started and that was a result of slipping back and some of those poor uh QB carriage and, main, and and maintaining protection that allowed that to happen. drew Law came in uh it, it was it was just struggle after struggle after struggle, not too much to break down in terms of this game, Baltimore won. 23 uh, to seven, Jackson continues to come out and lead that team that's been plagued by injuries. Their uh, their defensive side of the ball, their offensive side of the ball seems to get uh, banged up and sh- left even more shorthanded week after week. Jackson, who only practiced uh, once this week because he had a back injury was uh, a big scare, but he ended up coming out. He finished with 316 yards, uh, second 300-yard passing uh, of his career, which is kind of uh, strange. I I would have assumed he had more than that. Uh, He did throw a a 49-yard bomb to Marquise Brown, started taking more big shots downfield. I think teams are starting to wisen up a little bit to his ability to move and, and keep drives going, which is what, you know, his bread and butter was three or four years ago when he was, you know, one of the most electric players in, in, the in the league. But yeah, Denver's got a lot of big, big questions. They got a lot of things that they have to to figure out before they're even, you know, part of the conversation anymore. Um, Bridgewater may miss some extended time. Uh, it's going to fall on, um, lock to, to step in and, and take over. And that obviously has not gone well in the past. So that's going to be a messy one to watch, but, uh, shorthanded and all injuries, everything, uh, Baltimore continues to roll on. Most of the injuries that they had at the beginning of the season are not injuries. Those guys are going to come back from. So it is sort of, uh, this is what you're getting, uh, you know, pending some major trades or some major pickups, which, you know, We've seen a lot of guys get released over the last few days. Um, So something may happen, but right now that team's looking banged up, but they're finding ways to win games. So keep on keeping on.
2: Quick segue before you get into the Tampa Bay-New England Sunday night game. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do
2: you think about their decision to run it at the end there? Three seconds left on the clock.
0: For the Tampa Bay?
1: No, for the Ravens.
0: Oh, uh, I mean. I I think it was literally just trying to protect the ball. I I don't know. I I I didn't put a lot of thought into it. To be honest, I know I know it caused a lot of controversy lot being of controversy. up as high as you were, but it's three seconds. Like it is what it is. You know, I I don't know. I don't know what the the mindset from that was. It's not like they lined up and attempted a deep pass or something like that. Right. They, so. they
2: just did it so they could have, they could tie the NFL record of an X number of games with at least hundred rushing yards.
0: Yeah. And which is, know. is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, if, if you're butthurt over things like that uh, from a team perspective, it's your job to stop that from happening. I would agree. Your, yeah. It is actually your job to go out and play defense and not expect them to take it easy on you. So I feel the same way about running up scores. Like, if you're going to complain about that, there's an easy way to stop that from happening. Stop them from scoring points. Facts. Right? If you can't stop from scoring points, if you can't stop them from running the ball, that's on you, man. That's that's not the other team's responsibility to not take advantage of those situations, right? You know, everybody who's out there playing is taking into consideration fantasy points. A lot of them play fantasy as well. A lot of them have uh, bonuses that are tied to their contracts in terms of performance bonuses. So. I mean, you're you're grown men playing a professional sport whose job it is to either score points or prevent a team from moving the ball. If you're failing to do so, it's not up to the other team to just stop doing those things because you can't stop them from doing it. So
2: Yeah. All right, Tim. Yeah. Well, g- Bring us into the Tampa Bay, New England game. Uh, the game that I put a, yeah. a bottle of three Fontaine on saying that Patriots would not score 21 or more points at mm-hmm,
0: They mm-hmm. did it. Ah! <laughs> yeah. I, I like how you're coming out here pretending to be a prophet when it was way closer than what you thought. Yeah, and yeah. there's actually some, there's actually some theories about, uh, about that where, um, and I, I'm not necessarily buying any of them, but there is a, a segment of, you know, social media who thinks that that may have been, you know, because both Belichick and Brady were nothing but complimentary to each other after the game, that in attempting to kick the ball from that far, it didn't necessarily give the impression that they were purposely losing the game, but it gave them a good op- opportunity to lose the game so that Brady could go on and the records and the win and all that sort of stuff. So um, I don't know if I'm buying into any of that. I do think it was a little suspect that Mac Jones seemed to move in the ball really well. And in third and short, I, I don't, I don't think they gave up the game. That's not what I'm saying. But I don't, what I don't understand is why Mac Jones was doing a great job getting the ball all over the place and getting them downfield. Third and short, game's on the line. Heavy rain. You're gonna put it on your. Kicker, I know he made thirty six in a row, but a fifty six yard field goal in the rain in the rain yep. it is is a lot to ask. So I was a little surprised that they that they didn't attempt to do any sort of either trick play or something, try to catch him off sides. Nothing. They literally just sent the team out and had him had him kick it, and they still. To their credit, almost won. It, it donked right off of the, the lower left upright, and it was, uh, it was heartbreaking. But in terms of the game itself, in my opinion, I think it lived up to all of the hype. Everyone's going to look at that score. It was 19-17 to 17 and think that, like, oh, this was a boring game. It was in the rain. Uh, it was literally like watching a chess match happen in real life. I know Bruce Arians, who uh, I'm, I'm so over it, He's such an attention whore that uh, he he was literally in that. He ju- he had to come out and, and make a statement that he was, he was upset about all the bullshit from Brady and Belichick because it wasn't about them. It was about his team and the team not losing two games. And one of the players just happens to be top. Shut up, dude. You've already been on the record saying that a lot of times you allow Brady to kind of run things and you just sit back and watch. And yeah. Sorry, you got you got handed the best quarterback who has ever played the game, who happened to go out with a good squad and win you a Super Bowl last week, or last last season. <laughs> yeah, what have, what have you done for me
2: lately, right?
0: If you had any other any other quarterback you're not having that same level of success. And the reason people came to your team was because they had a chance to play with Tom Brady. So, uh you owe a lot of your career success right now to just the player Tom Brady who happened to be on the field. Shut up. Go back to standing on the sidelines and, and letting him take the reins. Anyway, uh, this was this was this was uh it was a good back and forth game. Tom Brady he was out. Uh, Rob Gronkowski who has been his major uh, red zone threat this season, playing in some tough weather, some uh, tough drops by Antonio Brown. Again, you had tough weather. Uh, this game could have easily have been uh, either direction in terms of. Uh Either of these teams sort of running up the score a little bit, or at least scoring more points than they did. The uh, the the refing in this game was atrocious, atrocious. It was one of the worst games I'd seen Refs all weekend. There, there was a, a a missed tripping call that was like completely blatant <laughs> and was knee and was knee on knee. <laughs> like love, to make it worse, I love the
2: replay. I love the replay with Collinsworth and uh, and Michaels. There's <laughs> like yeah. uh Terry, do you want to take that? And Terry's like. Are you, are you calling on me? Like he's like audio, my audio yeah. dropped.
0: Yeah, yeah. How about that, Derek? Ah, it, uh, it is. Uh, it is. It is. It is tough. Um, I mean, they just back and forth. Like the PI calls, the missed PI calls, everything on both sides. It was just. It was just really bad. Uh, in terms of Tampa Bay defense, though, um, they have been out several players. They lost a couple more cornerbacks. Um, Carlton Davis went down. Um, Antoine Winfield Jr., he went down. uh, He had to leave the game with a concussion. That defense has already been pretty banged up. They've had to bring on uh, Rashad Robinson and uh, Pierre DeServe from the practice squad just to fill a roster. So you kind of wonder, you know, as this goes on, if that Tampa Bay team can kind of keep this up. But it did allow Mac Jones to kind of flourish a little bit for the first time. Um, You know, Richard Sherman did just get signed. He hasn't. He was not able to block pretty much anybody. gave up a couple of timely penalties because, uh, you know, he went into to, to panic mode. Uh, but on the other side of the ball, you you got to give it to Mac Jones. You got to give a lot of it to Belichick. I think for me, this sort of ends the conversation with can Belichick be successful without Brady because his game plan was perfect. Unfortunately, they just haven't been making team. They haven't been making a lot of team adjustments to. Uh, improve their chances of winning, like starting Mac Jones, uh, Cam Newton, I think, in my opinion, was a bad signing to begin with. So you're trying to literally, you know, polish shit every time you send someone out on the field, and you can only do what you can do with the, person, the personnel that you have. But they went in, uh, the game plan that they had, I don't know if anybody was paying close enough attention, but they would come up to the line in one formation on defense, knowing that as soon as they snapped the ball, they were dropping back into a completely new scheme. Almost every single time, so it was forcing Brady to make adjustments on the fly, which is also impressive on Tom Brady's end. But it's why they only were able to put up 19 points, and most of those came by way of uh, field goals. So, um, in my opinion, I think uh, in terms of the the Patriots and their their outlook going forward, come out against a team uh, like Tampa Bay and put on a, a really good performance. Uh, I do think in my opinion, that is something that, you know, we need to start paying attention to because it looks like they have found a quarterback who fits that scheme, who is starting to to dial it in. Um, you know, there's lots of back and forth about what to do. And at the end of the game, a lot of, uh, armchair quarterbacking. Um, but <sighs> it was fourth and three on the 37 yard line. Nick Folk did happen to crush like 36 of his last field goal attempts. So you had a lot of faith in him. It did almost work out. And if it it had gone through, we would have a drastically different conversation right now. Um, But I got to hand it to both of them. Uh, Mac Jones played his ass off. Belichick had a great game plan. Tom Brady made adjustments uh, on the fly that were still impressive. A couple drops away from uh, taking that game outright. Um, But I, I thought that game lived up to all the hype and uh uh hopefully it was sort of the 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 first blossoming of a one Mac Jones.
2: Mm, interesting. <clears throat> Whether you're gonna send me a bottle of blends or a four pack at Fox Farm. I mean you, you gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, yeah. all right. Monday yeah, yeah. night football, the Raiders versus the Chargers. I stuck with the Chargers. Um, it was the Chargers by two touchdowns. Tim, both
1: teams. Yeah had
2: 13 third downs. Both teams converted four of those third downs. Both teams had three fourth-down opportunities they went for. The Chargers converted two of them.
1: The Raiders converted one of them. The Chargers, this is crazy, all things considered. The Chargers had 168
2: rushing yards, 111 of which went to Austin Eckler. The -hmm. Raiders had 48 yards, 40 of which went to Josh Jacobs. That's the reason why the, the the Raiders were not in this game and the, the reason why the Raiders ultimately lost this game. The run game is so dynamic for the Chargers right now that it allows them to do whatever they want. Uh, even if their defense can't get a stop and they go back on the field, sure, I'll just control the pace. I have a young quarterback. I will give him a couple run plays. Austin Eckler will go out there in space, or uh, Joshua Kelly will go out there and go in space and and. They just keep grinding away at teams. So when Herbert decides to sling it to Keenan Allen or Josh Guyton or Jared Cook or Mike Williams, as a defense, you come off and feel like, who the fuck am I supposed to stop? Hmm. And that's the problem. The Raiders did not have enough gas in the tank to keep up with them, even though on paper it looks like they did. Uh, and that's why they lost by two touchdowns Monday night. It was crazy. I needed... I, in all my leagues, I had uh, Aaron Waller and most of them I had Austin Eckler. And I needed big nights from both of those people. Okay, And I was I was playing against Chelsea this week in, in two leagues. And I was losing by like 30 points. And I was like, oh, I got Eckler and Waller on Monday night. We're good. We're good. So we're watching Squid Game. And we're like, we're halfway through the first episode. And then uh, she goes to pick up her phone. And she's like, I'm going to check the fantasy scores. And I'm like, don't do that because i'd already i'd already checked <laughs> and i i had i had closed the gap i was only like three points behind and it was still in the third quarter i was like i'm winning this game like don't, don't check
1: she checked mm. uh
2: you know and she was not happy about it which i can't, I can't blame her for But the end of the day but both the teams are three and one in the afc west and honestly with the chiefs kind of getting right we we've all been talking about oh could the nfc west have four teams make it to the playoffs could the AFC West have four teams make it to the playoffs? I think it's a it's a very big possibility with this super wild card format they got. Now the Raiders got to continue to string it together. Like this is what happens they 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 start real real hot, they get punched around a couple of times, and they fall apart.
1: Mm-hmm. The
2: Chargers know they have to face them at least one more time, and they'll probably do a better showing. But they still got to face you know the Broncos. They still got to face the Chiefs a couple you know uh, another time. So a lot of good things that came from this game even though the raiders lost i think if the raiders were able to get in with the running game a little bit more it would have been closer i still i still think they would have lost like you know 28-24 or something or 28-21 but that would have been a lot closer i think than than this game was cuz this game kind of got out of hand and there was a lot of a lot of bad drops uh, by some of those receivers but there was mm. an awesome awesome moment where hunter renfro sniffed out a fake punt and absolutely leveled the dude I got a point for the tackle. And if your fantasy league doesn't give you points for tackles, talk to the commissioner. Get out of that league. Because when there's picks that happen and these guys tackle people, those are points you're leaving on the board.
1: Very important. <laughs> so through four weeks, Tim. Mm-hmm. 13 picks I got. 15 picks you
0: got. Mm. The jersey's going to be sweet.
1: <laughs> Whatever. Let's move
2: <laughs> into this week's slate of games. Tim, you got Thursday night. My Seahawks, you know, 4-0 wearing the action green uniform and 2-0 versus the Rams uh, on that Thursday night. Seahawks, Rams, who you got?
0: I like it, Sam. Okay, here we go. I like it. Uh, I got to go Rams in this one, unfortunately. I think uh, there's too many question marks on Seattle's both defensive and offensive side. That's a little too much of of rust to go out and, and manufacture some wins. I think the Rams are, uh, you know, kind of finding their sweet spot right now. So I'm going to go Rams. Interesting.
2: All right. We have our first London game, actually. Sunday mm-hmm. morning at 930. Go ahead and get up and watch your, watch your London games. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Unless you live on the West Coast, best coast and it's 630 and you're probably, <laughs> you know, still sleeping at that point. Jets, Falcons. Calvin really didn't make this trip due to personal reasons. This is either the Kyle Pitts uh get right game or the Jets win this game. Um for the Falcons to lose to the Washington football team the way that they did, I tend to believe they're gonna want to bounce back, but the Jets just got an OT win against a objectively better team.
1: So oof. Just gonna be ballsy. I'm going Jets.
0: Hmm. Uh <clears throat> all right. Uh I have who's it? Lions and Vikings. (laughs) Lions uh, coming off of a little bit of a a, a, a decent play. I won't say uh, quality wins or anything like that. Uh, But I do think Minnesota is going to come out on the stronger end of this one. So I'm going to say Vikings. Wow. All
2: right. Saints are
0: also the, the heavy Vegas favorites, which is surprising. Well, of
2: course, because they got to win at some point. They're like, what? They're one and three now. So, yeah. Saints, Washington football team. Look, Antonio Gibson doing whatever he could. JD McKissick, former Seattle Seahawks. Uh, see what I did mm-hmm. there? See what I'm saying? Former. Oh, my God. Yeah, because of the front office let him go. And now look what he's doing. He's winning games by just catching pass out the backfield and scampering all the way down for a touchdown. It was a great story. The Saints have a better defense, I think, than the football team does at this point. I think this could potentially go to OT, but I do think the Saints will squeak this game out.
1: This is Saints.
0: I'm not even going to spend too much time analyzing this. It's Patriots. Patriots, Texans, it's Patriots.
1: <laughs> do
0: you think that they
2: win by a bigger margin of victory than the, um, than, the than the Bills did last week?
0: Uh no, I think they're still trying to figure it out a little bit. They're going to come in with some some extra confidence. Um I think it'll be a a I think this is like the get right game for uh or not get right, but like this is going to be a, a huge confidence game for uh Mac Jones. Interesting. All
2: right, I got Dolphins Bucks. Look, if the if there's one team that Tom Brady always struggles with, it's the Dolphins. However, we all know that in New England he had Julian Edelman, maybe Tom, you know Rob Gronkowski, and then maybe a whole bunch of ball boys or people they just, you know, got there were bagging groceries to be wide receivers, and maybe that's why they lost. He has a much better team this time around. He has a decent defense this time around. No, so Flores might be a great coach because he's seen away, but if Belichick can't stop him, Flores is not stopping him, Buccaneers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Packers, Bengals, uh, as of late. Rodgers and the Packers have been playing, you know, vintage Rodgers football. Uh, the Bengals are getting back on track, but still have some, uh, some, some gaps to fill and some improvements to make before I would pick them in that one. So I'm going Packers.
1: All right. Broncos, Steelers. Teddy B with a concussion.
2: Anytime you're asking Drew Locke to lead your football team, it's going to be tough for me to pick you. Steelers, like I said, have got to be at the point where they're going to hit the panic button here pretty soon if they haven't already, uh, which means this is a must-win game. Now, who am I more scared of? Melvin Gordon and Javonta Williams and Drew Locke or Najee Harris, Juju Smith, Deontay Johnson, you're probably going to be healthy, and Big Ben. It's not even close. And that's even before you look at the defensive side of it, which obviously is going to go the way of the Panthers. So... Sorry, not Panthers. Why did I say that? Go away to the Steelers.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's who I'm picking, Steelers.
0: Uh, Eagles, Panthers. That's why is, I said that because yeah, yeah, read the wrong one. <laughs> uh, Eagles are one and three. Panthers are are three and one. They're still without McCaffrey. Still, like I said, looking a little, uh, looking a little suspect in terms of what their previous schedule was.
1: Um. Hmm.
0: I think. I think Sam Darnold, coming off of a little bit of uh of a poor second half last week, is going to find a way to bounce back against a, an Eagles team that still hasn't quite figured out, you know, who they are or what they're doing. So. Even without McCaffrey, I know he's listed as questionable, but I'm not banking on that. But I'm going to go uh, Panthers on this one.
2: It also helps that they now have a nice cornerback.
0: Yeah, this is true. In, this uh, is true. And
2: Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore. All right, Titans-Jags. Yeah. Look, the Jags are going to win some games this year. Okay, I keep saying it. Not against the Titans, though. All right, A.J. Brown and Julio were both out last week. The Jets capitalized on that. The Titans are not going to lose back-to-back games, and they're sure as hell not going to lose one to a division rival. It may be closer than some people are hoping for, but it's going to be the Titans.
0: San Diego Chargers and the Browns? You mean the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, sir, The Los Angeles Chargers. What did I say? The San Diego Chargers. The freaking
2: Phil Rivers San Diego Chargers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, Browns chargers i think uh baker is due for a uh comeback game i don't think it's going to be this one herbert is playing his ass off so i'm going chargers um better luck next week baker
2: (laughs) bears raiders justin fields if justin fields had come out and won that game convincingly last week i would have thought maybe they had a, a much better chance in this game but uh Nah, the Raiders need to keep
1: up with the high powered teams in their division, and that means putting these Bears down.
0: Uh 49ers, Cardinals. It's Cardinals. Really? <laughs> no no analysis. I, wait, well, you don't think so? You just went off about Murray and how he scares you and everything. And we got a forty nineers. That's
2: that's my it's, NFC West bias. But you know, you, you're watching all these games. You tell me. I,
0: I I think uh, I think I think San Fran. You know they're trying to figure out the quarterback situation. They're marching out. Uh, you know their backup right now. Uh, I I mean I I would be okay if, if this ended up being an incorrect pick. But in in my eyes that's that's an upset if the Niners do come out and win because I think Cardinals are playing. I think the Cardinals are playing uh, very well right now. Uh, And if you got a team that's, you know, a little banged up at the moment, it's a good opportunity.
2: I would agree. All right, Giants-Cowboys. Look, it was great that the Giants beat the Saints last week in OT. It's really good for a moral victory for their team, but they're not beating the Dallas
1: Cowboys. Sorry, Craig.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This one, uh, I got Bill's Chiefs. Um at the eight at the eight twenty game, and for me, this is kind of an interesting one because you have a team who has uh kind of shown some some kinks in the armor uh they've put themselves in position to lose a lot of games they have lost uh several games, so uh man, this one for me is a tough one because you know my gut is saying the bills will continue to ride this in and you know continue on. Based off of the confidence they just got from going up against Houston, but
1: um, um
0: I mean I, I I guess I gotta go I guess I gotta go Chiefs because it's now. nah fuck it. Let's do the Bills. Oh bills.
2: snap. All right. Even this you know. is
0: this is this is one of my upset picks. I know. Even
2: though it's a rematch to last year's AFC Championship game, I watched the Bills lost, but,
0: you know, no big deal. Yeah, but how many, but how many games did the, uh, the, the Chiefs win last year, and currently they're sitting at 2-2? Two two. It's true. So. It's true.
2: Yeah, All the best teams are 2-2. Two two. The Titans, the Seahawks, the Chiefs, okay? Just the way it is.
0: The, you know who's not 2-2? Two two? Oh,
2: my God, whatever. The,
1: the,
0: the Buffalo Bills.
2: And, and the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, we get it, Tim. <laughs> All right, Monday Night Football, Colts Ravens. I'd love to say Colts have a shot in this. I'm a realist. I live in the real world, not the Matrix. Uh, So it's not going to happen. The Ravens have got to figure out how the running game is going to metastasize going forward outside of Lamar Jackson. I just don't see see a world
1: in which the Colts beat the Ravens at this point. I just don't. So I'm going to go Ravens. Fair enough. Fair enough, and now we'll do it for our week five picks. Let's talk a little bit here before we get out and finish this episode
2: of Stats to Matter Podcast. We got to talk Sox Yankees. It mm. was fantastic. It was a nice, nice bit of chaos there as we headed towards the end of the season. There was like a potential four or five team like tie that was like going to happen, and some teams lost, some other teams won. So it didn't really, didn't really play out. We didn't see full chaos, but we we had we had some really good instances here and. New wildcat, wildcat, wildcard <laughs> format uh, this year. And the Sox hosted the Yankees. Most of the season, when that has been the case, the, the Bronx Bombers have bombed. So you're thinking going into it, we've got to, A, you know, if we're the Red Sox, we, we have to keep up with the hits. And B, mm-hmm. our pitching has got to be good too. And damn sure if it didn't go exactly in that order for us and not them. So, Tim, walk me through the game just a little bit. I don't know if you were as shocked as I was that Garrett Cole was yanked as quick as he was. And I sort of felt like, for me, that was when the game was over. If you throw your best uh, starting pitcher out there and you yank him that early after you give up those runs, you're pretty much saying, we think we're going to get back into this. But when your guys can't get the bats going, at what point would you have been like, shit, did we throw him back out there? Like, I don't know like even some of the other pitchers that came in they managed to limit the damage but in the end what 6-2 you know they they yeah. lose that wild card game like that's the last game potentially of your season you're going to get some rest in between this and the next round of the playoffs like I just felt like the general manager and and and, and the coach for the Yankees just they kind of played safe and I, I I didn't like that I love that we won the game you know as as a Red Sox fan but it just seemed yeah. it seemed like bitch baseball
0: well, yeah something uh I mean something lit a fire under the Red Sox when I saw JD was not going to be in that lineup, I got, you know, very concerned immediately off the bat. Uh, He's one of our better hitters. Um, You know, he's sort of been one of those staples in the the offensive side of that team. Uh, But man, they came out and they, they played incredibly well. Our bullpen pitched well. And for me, the biggest question mark for the Red Sox is always the bullpen despite some of the, you know, the, the holes in the, the lineup or, or maybe some weak points on, you know, the fielding side of the ball, their pitching has always been suspect. Uh, and to see Ivaldi come out and pitch, like, postseason. A man post-season? on fire. has <laughs> yeah, two Tommy
2: is... Johns, and he's out there throwing pitch after pitch after pitch and just getting hype, and you're ah. like, this is the Eovaldi we saw a couple years ago in the series. Remember when it yeah. was that super long game? Uh, was it against
0: the Dodgers? Yeah, like uh, yeah, he came in uh six innings of relief and pitched like a a, a starting effort. Uh and this w- this game was uh identical to that. He was throwing like 99 mile an hour heaters. It was super impressive to watch. And then, you know, anytime you have a a pitcher who's on fire like that and you see him get pulled and they move to a a, a, a bullpen that has some big question marks, but man. Those guys did you know, didn't work, right? You had that relay play from center field to home, uh, that saved the run against the Sox. You had you had Stanton hitting the ball, you know, against the top of the Green Monster. That was another one. Um, you know, that's the quickest way you see a, a, a clear home run ball quickly turn into a single, and that's something that tends to, to happen only at Fenway, for better or worse. But um I I mean it was it was amazing i was uh excited throughout the entire game uh shout out to my brother-in-law uh both my brother-in-laws and my my father-in-law i had sent them a text message saying they're all yankees fans and said hey good luck guys uh we talk sports pretty regularly i said good luck and not 10 seconds after that text message went out uh you know, The Sox hit that first home run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I didn't realize I was on a, a delay. I was about a minute and a half behind in-game. So they had already seen that home run. Oh, so it looked very much like I was talking rubbing, shit. Rubbing um, it in their face. Yeah, my brother-in-law said, I, I reject your good luck. I, I'm flagging this as taunting. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I <laughs> great mean,
0: game. Game one's literally about to start uh, in like the next 15 minutes.
2: I do think that there's something to be said about the rivalry. And I watched this game with Yankees fans. Uh, you know, we we had some folks over the house this week. We drank some beers, we cracked some peanuts and threw the shells on my floor. Just kidding. We threw them in a the little bucket, but uh, <laughs> he brought the peanuts over. I was like, bro, if you throw that shit on the floor, you're cleaning it up. I'm not <laughs> like, you know, we have dogs, they're gonna just like try and eat all the shells or whatever, like throw throw them in the in the pail or whatever. But said, yeah. it was good. It was really good. It was great to see something that I don't think a lot of uh, non-baseball fans sort of understand, and they, and they definitely probably take for granted. That's that. This is what I'll say about that. The Sox and the Yankees is a generational rivalry. It has always been a generational rivalry. And yeah. now that I am 34 fucking thousand years old, it is still a generational rivalry, which means when I have kids someday, it's still going to be a generational rivalry. I don't know if it's the hate because of a status, because one's clean cut and one's, you know got beards or whatever it is. When the Pinstripes and the Red Sox are going at it, baseball is a much more entertaining and a better sport. It just yep. is. And the fact that there has been so much bad blood between these two organizations for decades and it's still going on makes every time these two teams line up against each other just worth watching. Even with Alge Rodriguez commentating on one of the, one of the game feeds, it was clear he was trying to minimize as much work as the Sox were doing. But you could tell as the game went on, He knew. He knew. He knew it was getting out, out of hand. And he knew once Garrett Cole went to the, went to the dugout after six outs. It, like, mm. the game was fundamentally different. You just don't see that a lot. Um, the Padres got demolished, right? Ended up firing their their, their GM. And that team's going to be completely different. The Giants are now facing the Dodgers. You know, shout out to Greg. Good luck to, the, to them because, you know, this, these are the Dodgers. One on a walk-off, right? Um, There are so many great things about postseason baseball, and people seem to forget that baseball used to own October, all of October. Now, football is kind of really, uh, you know, creeps into everyone's mindset. You have preseason basketball that's coming out. But at the end of the day, for me, the best thing to see in October is Sox-Yankees in the postseason, duking it out because I know the bad blood is there, and I know no one is showing up to that game trying to mail it in. No one's just saying, eh, whatever, I'll swing for a couple of these things. It's I need to throw every single pitch like I want to win this game myself. I need to go and swing at every pitch that I get as if we're down 3-1 in the ninth, and I have to win this game myself. I just love the intensity of these two teams running to each other. I hope they never stop hating each other. I don't know if it's manufactured <laughs> hate or whatever it is, but uh, it was fantastic. It was, it was a great game. Uh, you know, Best of luck to the Sox going forward. Uh, <clears throat> fuck the Yankees. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I think in my opinion, I I actually, I, you know, as much as I I love that rivalry and I love, you know, sort of those two teams, you know, when they go up against each other, in my opinion, I think, I think the rivalry itself is, is all but, you know, dead, not, not to the extent where. I mean, it's been how long since this, the the Yankees have been in like major contention, and and how regularly they're in major contention. On one of those things, I think it's kind of shifted a little bit, maybe towards Tampa and the Sox. I mean, they're getting ready to start a series again tonight. I you know I would be shocked if the Sox make it through this. They are uh, underdogs going into the season. They have you know some major loopholes in their in their roster, and Tampa seems to be an incredibly well rounded team. I'm, I think they're poised to kind of make the full charge again. But in my opinion, I think it's been somewhat manufactured. You know, the teams who had the big bitter rivalries have all been dismantled and gone off to uh, you know, LA for the the Sox A team and and (laughs) Chicago for a while with the Cubs for the the other Sox B team. So, you know, the, the players tend to seem to move like in clumps to other teams together. And I think it's one of those that it's a storied rivalry, but it's one I think fans and media and, like, sports personalities tend to keep going. I don't think the players necessarily care as much. I mean, you'll always have New York anything versus, you know, Massachusetts anything just because Boston and, and New York. But for me, I don't think it has the same feel as it did, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, or or, or for me, you know, 15, 15, 20 years ago. Um, still fun to watch. I do like the artificial ramping up of it, if you will, but – uh, I it's kind of lost its feel to me a little bit. I think there are other teams that we tend to kind of butt heads with a little bit more these days, but uh, it is great watching them bounce the the Yankees out, and I think if these things continue to happen year after year, you know, then you might start seeing it kind of rekindle some of that uh, animosity towards each other, but this is a back-and-forth season. Glad it went the way it did. Um, I, I don't expect the success to go on that long. I would Love to be pleasantly surprised, and for them to, you know, tell me to shut up and, and continue playing incredibly well. I just think Tampa is too well rounded of a team.
1: I agree. I do think, though, that even while people might not understand where these
2: two teams are at and who's the better team right now, you only have to be a Sox fan for a couple of years to never forget it, never see that uh, that postseason loss, and never say. They handed us a loss in the 2000s that they never should have. So we need to be the reason that they leave the postseason in the next three, five, seven, ten years, and that's that's what's been you know happening lately. The Sox have been ultimately responsible for putting one of their rivals out of the postseason, and that's just yep. something you just can't you can't help but smile at. Um, Shout out to Jess Janovich, who's actually married to Tom Brennan, a, a Yankees fan, hardcore. And I'm sure Jess was at that game too. I'm just so jealous because yeah, she was. She, she was at the game. The team.
0: It's, just, it's just absolutely crazy. It's good. Kyle, my wife is a uh, a Yankees fan. Her whole family, they're all Yankees fans. So it's, it's a fun little way to kind of go back and forth with each other.
2: Ooh, it is very good time, dude. One last thing here, and then we'll finish mm-hmm. up this episode. Of Stats of matter. Fury Wilder three is
1: this weekend. Are you watching it? Uh, of course. Okay. Of course I am. It's, it's a good thing you're sitting down. I'm glad you're sitting down, okay? Hi, it' me. Yeah. Boxing fan. Yeah. Yeah?
2: No. No, I'm not a boxing no. fan. I'm a fucking Tyson Fury fan. And Tyson Fury's going to win this
0: fight. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Yes.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. Yes. Yes. All right. Sweet. That way to put some bullshit, you know, four-pack bet on it. But uh, I'm very excited about this fight. I don't buy boxing matches, but um, yeah. this weekend I'm actually in a wedding. Shout out to Julian and Lindsay. Uh, and I'm I'm a groomsman in it. And every the, the whole talk was like, yo, what are we doing? You know, Saturday night. I'm like, Wilder Fury 3? Like, you know, what are we doing? <laughs> it's yeah. a thing, right? We can do it, and everyone's like, All right, Sam, yeah, like where are we going? What are we doing? And like, you know, how are we gonna watch it? So I'm I'm like, oh hell yeah. I'm like Doing, I'm getting in my planning, you know, game. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Um, they need to be separated. And usually this happens in, like, UFC fights where, like, fighters before their big bouts need to be separated. But this time, like, they almost took swings at each other in the stare down. Like, the way... Oh, man, I'm just... I'm very, very excited for this. I have watched both, both of those fights multiple mm-hmm. times. Every time it's on TV, I just... I, I go to watch it. I think that it was great. The way that Wilder thoroughly, thoroughly whooped Tyson Fury's ass in the first one. And in the second one, I don't think there's any cheating or anything going on. I think that Fury certainly came to play. And if you're a guy who wears a whole bunch of armor to the match, you can't blame the armor for when you lose. That's your conditioning. So, the fact yeah. that there is actual legitimate bad blood and these two guys want to knock each other the hell out, send each other back to the fast food restaurants they used to work at, or all the other nasty things they're saying about each other, this is why boxing is still important, and I begrudgingly admit that i'm gonna I'm gonna pay uh, a lot of money to watch this fight this Saturday <laughs> night. I'm gonna do it I'm i do I, it. I wonder what
0: the I wonder what the implications of this are on his brother. So for anybody who doesn't know, he's got a little brother who's also a professional boxer uh, named Tommy Fury. Uh, who has been, uh, he just recently fought on the uh, Jake Paul card uh, and has been, you know, kind of in the conversation as being the next, uh, you know, the next man up to fight him. That'll be an actual boxer, the first actual boxer to get in the ring. And he was on with Ariel Hawani doing a video interview. And when they asked about that fight, he's like, there would be no game plan in that fight. I would just walk up and I would kick his ass. I'd let him punch me just for fun. But I would just go in and destroy him. So, Ooh. really, uh, some, some really big words. I really hope that comes to fruition. But you did just remind me also uh, November, uh, whatever, Thanksgiving weekend, the match five is taking place. Yeah, can we talk about this? Is, I know, I know we said we're Bryson gonna finish this and, We're, we're going to keep it going. Yeah, it is Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. Yeah, and what let, the fuck, me, 12 let me holes. first. Seriously? Yeah it's it is what it is but let me go on record well i was already on record but let me go back and and refresh everybody's memory do you guys recall months ago in the height of this little rivalry where i said hey what are the odds that this is like not a real thing that they're manufacturing for like fun press and publicity and it's it's just something they do for fun on social media cuz then you just had the Ryder Cup and the two of them like hugged it out in the middle of it and everybody was kind of cheering. To me it felt like there were opportunities that would be set up from a rivalry like that and it sounds a little bit like they're starting to cash in on some of those. So I wonder how much of it was like true animosity or how much of it was just sort of playful and then when it got out of hand in the media they just kind of played it into it a little bit to see if that's uh you know if, if there was a way to kind of capitalize on it because to me it feels like they are very much Bro's capitalizing now. it now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if i'd go that far but definitely don't hate each other as much as uh what we anticipated i hope to god this is mic would up i really want them to do an unedited version of it oh, like yeah. do offer two pay-per-views one normal, everyday mainstream pay-per-view <laughs> and offer one that's one like... The, the, yeah, <laughs> one that like all the disclaimers you want. I'll pay extra for that. I think football games should have that. I think everything should have an uncensored, uncut version that you can uh, listen to mic'd up players and whatnot. This needs to be one of those because I'm I'm thinking the trash talk, quote-unquote. You guys can't see it because you're listening, but I'm air quoting. The, the trash talk that's gone on some of these other ones, uh, I thought that Brady uh rogers had some good some good trash talk there but this could get amazing yep. if they let the reins off and they just, I just recorded all of it oh 12 so good. holes this is bullshit
2: absolute bullshit every other thing has been 18 why are we doing 12 it doesn't make any sense it's just sort of like what if bryson just you know drives a green on like seven of the first 12 he's just gonna he's just gonna not even try on the last five like
0: I'm I'm all right with twelve. So all the other ones were uh, they were like match play, or they were they were something where they were alternating. So not everybody you know went out and won all eighteen holes on their own. They're you know alternating shots and 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 whatnot. So I don't I don't mind the twelve holes. It's more just to get them out there. I don't think six holes is a make it or 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 break it. Um, so I I'm just excited. I I hope it gets managed properly where they give them sort of free reign, but mm. we'll see. We'll, we'll see.
2: We got, we got some time. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Stats and Matter Podcast. We thank you all very much for downloading, listening, buying these beers with us. Like, share, subscribe. Tell all your friends about it. Get into some Twitter battles. Just, just throw our Twitter handle in there. You know, we'll, we'll all sort it out later. It doesn't really matter. And if you're sliding into our DMs on Instagram, we do beer reviews for free. For free. Just saying. Any beer. Yeah. All right, everyone, that does it for this episode. We will talk to you all very soon. Tim, you're going to get the first pick wrong of this week with the Rams because they're losing to the my Seattle Seahawks. Let's go.
0: I, uh, For your sake, I hope that is correct. Unfortunately, I think you're in for a, a bummer of a night. I'll, I'll pour one out for you later. <laughs> Peace, everybody. <laughs>